Hey guys, welcome to another episode of What the Tech Am I Doing? Today we have a very special guest, Sherry Robbins. She has an expertise on a crazy amount of things, but today we're specifically going to talk about gardening because she has the most impressive garden um, and has so much produce and that is something that I really admire and I've always been wanting so she had you know got me started on like four plants Um, so it's progress and she's recently even gotten recognized and sponsored and I thought that's amazing so I wanted to share the gardening how to do it her perspective getting recognized and sponsored and just advice on how we can all have a green thumb like her so welcome to the podcast Sherry Oh, thank you so much, Dali. It's my pleasure to be here. (laughs) So, all right, just jumping into it, how did you get started in gardening? Especially you're in a climate where sometimes it snows and then it all goes, you know, you got to start over. How how did it all start? Yeah, well, so 23 years ago, my husband and I bought our first house. We live in Utah and we had some really awesome neighbors. Their names were George and Shirley Tripp. And those two are the ones who really inspired us to start a garden. So they were the friendliest elderly couple that you will ever meet in your life. <laughs> it was it was so sweet. George would frequently be out working in his garden patch, which was adjacent to our backyard. And he would graciously share like his tomatoes, corn, his raspberries with our kids over the fence. So we, we affectionately named him Grandpa George because <laughs> he always had a smile and a wave for us. And he, he just cared about everybody he knew. Um, and Shirley, she wasn't as mobile, so we didn't see her out as much, but she would invite the kids over for story time and enjoy you know, having our little ones around. So, uh, so they are the ones that kind of really inspired us to, to get going. And the first few years of our, our gardening was, was a bust, honestly, (laughs) we would just get eager in the spring and try and plant a massive garden. Um, but you know, we, we had a growing family and we both worked and life would get overwhelming. (laughs) sports and all that. Anyway, so the weeds would inevitably take over and then um, leaving us in a position with the inability to differentiate like the good plants from the bad. (laughs) So, so honestly, every year was a learning experience for us. Um, But uh, I I have to give credit to our, our neighbors who really uh, inspired us with, with that. Um, Yeah. Over the fence uh, treat. (laughs) It is. That's so exciting funny how the inspiration changes right they're like here have this and you're like well this is cool and then now now knowing you you're like here try my homemade honey and I'm like oh my gosh and now I'm like I want to do a garden and so now I'm doing it and our friends are like wait that's so cool it just like kind of passes down um and it does make me feel better that you weren't as successful the first bit because I'm like oh you it's just innate you're just naturally good at it and I'm not um but that's good you have it's, it's a learning process, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I'm glad to hear it was infectious for you. <laughs> it, it certainly brought a big joy to my life. Yeah, you're passing the love. So to put it into perspective for the audience, how big is your garden? Well, we've, we've always lived on a half acre 
piece of land, which is about all I would want to maintain without <laughs> any heavy equipment. Um, but don't worry, you know, for the listeners, you can successfully grow a garden on much less. Um, but, but we do have a footprint of our main garden area, which is about 2,500 square feet. Wow. Not probably bigger than, than most people would want getting started. Um, but so we have two dogs and we have chickens and so I've, I've had to fence it off to minimize, you know, damage <laughs> control <laughs> with those, uh, with those risks in my yard. Um, so that means, you know, if I want to go bigger, I have to go up. So the last yeah. few years we've, we've added some kind of arches, uh, to maximize the space for the vining type plants, which also, um, provides shade for, for other plants that don't like the direct sun so much. So, uh, it's been fun to figure out how to be creative and, um, optimize what we have. Yeah. Okay. Now that you brought that up, how do you know which plants do and don't like sun? Like, do you do research or do you just know this? Yeah, no, I, I do do research, but it, there's a lot of, a lot of trial and error um, <laughs> with it for sure. There's, there's so, so many things. And, um, you know, I can, I can tell you kind of the, the things we would, any beginner would want to, to focus on, um, when you plant, but what I failed to mention before we get to that topic is even though I have like a formal garden space, the remainder of our yard, we've really tried to um, incorporate like edible or medicinal perennials into Mm -hmm. our landscape to really kind of create this food forest. So um, finding ways that can be beautiful um, from, from just like landscape perspective, but also useful has been um, another fun part of it. So we have like a dozen fruit trees, berry bushes, like planting edible flowers. We have plants you can use for tea, Um, bread seed poppies, you know, for, um, so I have my own herb garden or flowering ground cover. Um, But I got to tell you about my favorite tree. So this one's really cool. This is a specimen tree that gives shade to our back porch. So I enjoy it every day. It's called oh. the yellow horn tree and that, and the leaves and the flowers and the seeds, they're all edible. So really? at some point, if I need uh, to eat my trees, <laughs> I could if I needed to. <laughs> so if there's, yeah. when the grocery stores get, get ransacked and we're all going to your house and we'll be, we'll be well fed. Right. Over. Well, that's <laughs> certainly another benefit of gardening, right? You don't have to rely on um, supply chain constraints. exactly and then you recently got I I know you've been doing this and you know we'll talk about we'll get into a little bit later the the health benefits and and I'm sure just seeing things grow there's been links to mental health benefits as well and all those things but doing that for for yourself and and then you recently got recognized and um got sponsored so how did that how did that feel to be like, oh, now someone else recognizes it? You know, it felt pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever been, um, a you know, official brand ambassador. <laughs> you know, I've always been a champion for sustainable gardening and willing to freely share my knowledge. And, um, you know, I, I have a pretty busy life, so I don't spend a whole lot of time uh, focusing on, on social media, you know, influencing <laughs> or anything. But... Um, 
I guess, you know, I, I bought enough from certain companies that, and I've, I've tagged them and got their attention somehow. And, uh, it's, it's a fun way to get free plants. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so, yeah. So, so it's been a win-win and I, I was, uh, I was super honored, uh, that, uh, you know, they, they enjoyed, uh, all the work and, and if I can help inspire others, um, you know, to make a sustainable garden um, and enjoy their space, then then why not? It's a win-win. Yeah, exactly. It just kind of shows, I think a lot of the time we think, oh, we have to be these huge influencers or, you know, doing these big things. And it's like, sometimes if you just have your passion and share your passion, that other people will recognize that passion and, and you can get recognized and rewarded for that, you know, and just staying true to yourself. So I love that for you. Thank you. Thank you. And so of gardening, and I mean, I feel like gardening isn't even giving your uh, garden justice, but, you know, gardening in general has a lot of benefits. What have you seen as the biggest benefits in your life? Well, there are so many benefits to gardening, (laughs) Um, but I will share how it has personally been healing for me. Um, but I need to give some perspective first. Okay. So we're going to go, we're going to go deep for just a, a hot second here. Um, <laughs> so I grew up in quite a chaotic, abusive and financially very poor environment, literally like homeless at times with no food for days. Um, and luckily I was adopted into a loving family, loving, supporting family at the age of 14. So my story does have a happy ending. Don't worry. (laughs) Um, But what formed my determination of what I wanted out of life and what I didn't want for my life had, had honestly already been ingrained in me by that point. So I essentially became very laser focused on ensuring I would never again be a victim of my environment. Mm. So I pursued education in science, got a, a great job. I moved out. I started my career. I married a handsome, loving man <laughs> um, and, and started our family. And, but, you know, by that point, like I couldn't just switch off mm-hmm. independence mode. It was still in my nature to try and plan or control possible outcomes of, of my life, every situation mm-hmm. in my life. And, you know, honestly, that made me really great at my profession, but it didn't translate <laughs> as well into home life where it truly takes a partnership. So, you know, flipping that switch off when I came home from work every day was honestly just really hard. And it took years of learning for me how to not sweat the small stuff, as they say, and even how to not sweat some of the big stuff. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think reflecting back on the health benefits of gardening for me, here's my analysis. I think what I didn't realize about myself until several years into gardening is that it probably when it, you know, as I started, probably was my therapy <laughs> being <laughs> able to control variables of the environment 
to reach an expected outcome because I was the master of the garden. I was in control. There was no chaos, you know, unless of course mother nature decided to be <laughs> one day. Uh, but, but 20 something years later, you know, I have some life perspective, a little bit more mature. Um, so I think what started out as, as therapy has now kind of transformed into um, a sense of mastering something, um, how, like teaching me patience, teaching me how to fail and adjust. So that growth mindset um, that's super important in, in, in life um, and giving me the ability to teach and share, you know, my passion in abundance with others, which, which really starts to build a community. Um, and plus I get to enjoy the beautiful space that we've created <laughs> for our family. Um, so yeah, it's been an interesting journey. It's had, uh, I would say different benefits, um, over the, the few years, but, uh, that's probably, um, how it is, how it has helped me. Yeah. That's amazing. I also love that you said never being a victim of your environment. And I think it's interesting to see the, you know, how you've mentioned it, there's pros of the, you know, being wanting to have that control. And, you know, I've seen you at work, you are a force to be reckoned with. So it is good. But then, you know, there's some things that serve us where very well in some spaces and not as well in others. So being able to recognize like, maybe this isn't great for me. And it's good to be able to let go and, and not sweat the small stuff or, or the big stuff, you know, and being able to just like, enjoy and, and not be so hard or, or need to be controlling in all aspects. So it's interesting that it's good perspective that you've been able to, you know, balance, try and find balance between that. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Yeah. I've certainly, um, you know, with life ex uh, experience, been able to, you know, discern a little bit better um, mm -hmm. in, in my life. Uh, but I appreciate you. Uh, and that's a kind comment about yeah. how it is still serving um, positively my, my profession. Yeah, I have, there's a quote that I really like, and I truly live by this, but it's basically says if we had the lives that we wish we had, if, you know, a 10 year old us could sit down and say, this is how I want my parents to be. This is the house, this is, you know, and let me map out my entire life. This is how I want it to go. Um, we would not be the people we are today and we might not even like ourselves, you know? And it's interesting because all of these things that happen to us and the situations we're put in are what make us who we are and make us the person that, you know, we like at the end of the day and that surround us with the the love and the people that are around us because of who we are. And so, um, say, you know, I, you clearly had a, a difficult upbringing and you've, but because of that, or, or maybe, you know, despite of that, I'm not sure you are one of the most like energetic, glowing, like happy people in all of these environments, even taking that to like bringing life into fruits and produce and flowers, you know, and it's so interesting how you you've taken something in certain experiences and been able to to use those to flourish and and spread love and spread happiness and energy 
in your life. Um, so I'm, I'm curious on your take, would you like, what was able to bring you from a space of, Hey, this, you know, to, to shift that switch, or do you think you've always been pretty optimistic and, um, you know, this, this force of beautiful energy that you are today? Oh, thank you, Dolly. That's just <laughs> you. You know, I I think going through whatever you know, whatever trials you, a person mm-hmm. goes through, it creates true empathy, mm-hmm. and um, you know, no matter no matter what, there's a, always somebody going through something harder. I would say, <laughs> it, and so I wouldn't choose, you know, like. Like you were saying, this would not have been the story I've written for myself, you know, when mm-hmm. I was 10 years old. No way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> right? That would be crazy. Uh, but but looking back, it wouldn't change it because, to your point, you know, it, it did make me who I am. And, but I would say I was lucky that I had an opportunity Mm. to get out of my situation, um, Mm -hmm. being adopted at 14. And what I chose to do with that opportunity was on me. And I do recognize that not everybody has an opportunity perhaps to get out of their situation or know how to get out of, you know, a, Mm -hmm. a, a hard environment, but to the extent that you can, um, fight for it, you know? fight for for making your life what you want it to be Mm, I love that thank you (laughs) okay so I feel like I want to dive in but this is about gardening so I'll I'll be good oh well we can Uh, do another uh, follow-up podcast yeah after two (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like I'll do a round two um I think that's the most interesting thing for me is sometimes you And that's the beauty of the podcast is like, there's so many facets of people like you could look at you even be like, oh, you know, medical devices. And then this there's this huge facet of, of gardening and this, this knowledge you can bring from someone and share. And it's, to me, like getting perspective on other lives and, and their mindset is what helps me the most get out of some of the you know, get that perspective that you were talking about. And I, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough that I haven't had to um, face too many, you know, difficult trials and tribulations. I mean, to my, to my own extent, but you're to your point, you're always like so many people have it so many worse than anything I, you know, have had to experience, but being able to get outside and have that perspective and, and have that knowledge and advice from people who have been in those situations is I think one of the most helpful things to get someone else out of whatever situation they're in. So that's what I I love that the podcast allows me to share those stories. So part two will probably be coming. (laughs) You bet. You got it. It's a deal. All right. Okay. So back to gardening for a newbie that's just getting into it. What do you recommend for them to be able to get started? You know, they have, maybe they have a tiny garden, um, you know, a little backyard, or maybe they only have a porch, um, you know, or whatever it is. 
what are some recommendations you have to just like, I feel like the best thing is to get started, but how for someone who doesn't know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, even just starting with a pot on the patio, (laughs) amazing. Um, But I would say for a newbie to guard, there are four basic things you should know before you get started. Uh, The first one is know your, your grow zone. So here in the U S we have, you know, the USDA zones based on the first and the last frost date for your geographical Mm. area. And if you don't know, it's easy to Google it. Um, So you can find out very quickly, but your grow zone will dictate the window of time that you have to grow certain things outside. Um, So you certainly like don't want to plant something that won't mature before it gets too cold. um, Or, you know, you may have to plan on getting a head start by buying plants or starting from seeds in, indoors months earlier so that, you know, your window of maturity um, works out for mm. the type of plants um, you want. <laughs> so, and, and I would say it's the second thing is know your soil conditions because every plants need the right nutrients to thrive, just like, you know, we need nutrients to thrive. Um, and so, yeah, I'm still learning about, you know, how to optimize my soil conditions because when you're in <laughs> a place, sometimes you're stuck with whatever is there mm-hmm. and you have to, and then, but, um, but know that because most plants do really well um, between like a, a pH of six and seven, some require a slightly more acidic environment, but, but just, you know, test, buy a test kit, test it out, know um, if you need to amend or prepare your growing space, because it's a lot harder to redo that, uh, later once, once plants are already in. So how, if you have the wrong pH for your plant, how do you change the pH? Yeah, well, so you can, um, you can buy different soils. There's like, Mm. um, you know, more acidic things. I'm sure there are things you can add, um, amend to like, get it more acidic or, or more basic. Um, Mm -hmm. but luckily I haven't really had to amend my soil too much, but if I do have plants that require more acidic, um, I can put things in there like, uh, Mm. like even pine needles, um, are, so, so, you know, if you live, uh, somewhere you could gather that, like, it's just better to, to use what's natural, but you can, you can buy stuff. Um, you know, just from the local hardware store garden center that would help. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so in the third one is all plants require what's called like a hardening off process. And they don't tell you this when you like buy a plant at the nursery and take it home. There's no instruction that tells Mm -hmm. you about this. Um, but what this really means is regardless if you bought plants from a nursery or you started from seed, you will be shocking that plant when you change Uh, its environment. So don't go out, spend a lot of money, plant them immediately outside um, because they'll all be dead in like two days. (laughs) So so don't waste your money, but slowly acclimate them for a few hours a day over a few days time to to help minimize that shock so that uh, you can put them in their permanent location. Wow, that makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah, I found out the hard way a few times. So the I, amount of times I bring home like basil or something from Trader Joe's, and I'm like, I'm gonna plant this, and 
it is beautiful at Trader Joe's. And then I plant it and literally the next day it's like wilting and dead. I'm like, how is this possible? It was, it was sitting in a store and it looked fine. Oh, uh, so that makes so much sense. Now I know you're helping me out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's just like, you know, um, you know, the wind, right. Uh, strengthens like any, any adverse kind of like what we were talking about earlier. <laughs> any any environmental like adverse environmental factors can either strengthen you or or weaken you um, so yeah so don't don't Those take it all at once <laughs> okay and then the fourth thing um that's super important if you're going to plant more than one thing is mm -hmm. that not all plants get along with each other they don't all mm -hmm. play nicely <laughs> um and, and that's because some of them compete for the same nutrients in the soil. So if you plant them in the same vicinity, they're, they're going to do poorly. Um, and, and some are susceptible to the same diseases and pests. So you might want distance to help so that, you know, if, if one crop gets you know diseased, it doesn't affect the other. So understanding kind of the friends and foes when planting is, is important, but, um, you know, who's time to research and remember all that, right? So, yeah. of course, I have a favorite go-to app. Um, and uh, and I have no affiliation with them, but I'll just tell you my, my, my <laughs> personal one that I like um, is called Seed to Spoon. So it tells you everything you need to know about when you can plant um, based on your USDA grow zone. It has a calendar. Uh, when to start inside, when to transplant, and and what goes well together, and even when you can expect to harvest. So you can kind of look ahead and, and plan uh, that way. So I always keep my phone in my back pocket when I'm working outside because it's, it's my handy go-to reference. If I decide to add something or move something, um, I can't remember all this stuff in my 2,500. <laughs> so I, I have to look it up. But uh, yeah, not all plants play nice together. Wow, that's so helpful. Okay, I will be downloading that tonight. Noted. <laughs> I'm literally taking notes and not even for the podcast, for myself. Because I'm like, okay, I need to remember this. Good stuff. Good. Are there any other tricks of the trade to being able to have that green thumb? I know one time, like, I was trying to um, germinate and you're like, oh, add cinnamon. You know, like, things like that. Um, do you have any other t tips of the tricks of the trade to share? Yeah. Um, boy, there's probably so many <laughs> what you do. Um, but you know, it's funny because when people come over and they, and they see the garden, um, they say, oh, well, no, I can never do that because I don't have a green thumb. And I tell them, well, guess what? I wasn't born with a green thumb. <laughs> My thumb's... <laughs> just is not green as yours. Like it took years of killing many plants <laughs> to this point. <laughs> uh, so, you know, and that, that reminds me of one of my favorite quotes. So thank you for your sharing your favorite quote. One of mine is by um, Alex Denner. Uh, he's a Dutch gentleman. And you've probably seen this, but it says, when a flower doesn't bloom, you fix the environment in which it grows not the flower. Mm. So what people see um, 
is like the tip of the iceberg, right? It took many years of learning and failing. So um, I think, uh, you know, what helps is, of course, the, the four things that I listed earlier um, about how to get started, but but just, you know, supplement with reading, watching videos and finding a mentor, um, <laughs> you know, somebody else who, who does it or joining a group, um, you'll, you'll have an amazing head start. But, you know, um, learn, learn uh, by killing stuff and then you know <laughs> <laughs> what to do different next time. I, I think that goes a long way. <laughs> yes, but the cinnamon trick, I should explain. If you are starting from seed, uh, cinnamon is a natural antifungal. And so sometimes it can be hard with slow germination seeds. You got to keep them wet and then, you know, it, it, your seeds rot because of a fungus. So it, uh, cinnamon is, is a nice deterrent for that, just so you know. And it's also good for uh, blood sugar control, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get to win-win. Yeah. It, um, another thing, starting from seeds, a little trickier um, because some, some things do need to be cold stratified, which means um, it has to go, that seed has to go through that cold cycle. And then, uh, and then it'll wake up you know, in the spring and, and, and it'll work. So there are some things, um, if you have to cold stratify, then you can just put them in a Ziploc, put them in your fridge for a couple of weeks and, and that should do the trick to trick them into waking up. When you're ready to plant. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Not everything needs it, but uh, some things uh, particularly do. Yeah. So that's one thing to pay attention to. So the biggest thing I'm learning is that I do no research when I do things. So I need to research my plant first and then decide what I'm going to do with it. Um, which seems, you know, commonplace, but I feel like I throw things in the ground and I'm like, oh, oh see how this goes. <laughs> well, that is one method and it's totally, <laughs> totally acceptable. Well, often I will refer people like, um, there's usually an agriculture school in, in, in a state. So find your local ag school and uh, they usually have like an extension program, um, where, where they give, free information or really cheap classes or somebody's published their thesis on greenhouse environment control or whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever it is, pest management, like they put out so much free information. So I would say um, that's a really great resource to tap into because it'll be uh, specific for uh, your, your area. Oh, that's okay. I'll look into that as well. Okay. So what are the top three to five easiest produce to grow I'm a big I know there are people out there who like um plants like indoor or certain things I'm very biased to I like love being able to eat whatever comes off of my plant so I am biasing the question to easiest produce to grow (laughs) (laughs) awesome well um this one this one definitely goes back to what grow zone you're in so I'll speak from from my experience in zone six where I am okay. and you have a much longer growing season in Southern California. Um, so you can do fancy stuff with like tropical plants, <laughs> um, which by the way, uh, since I've mastered all the boring stuff, I, I'm, I'm learning how to germinate stuff outside of my grow zone. So I'm, Whoa. I'm expanding my horizons and getting out of my Good for you. <laughs> See, you. You keep learning people. 
yeah, I have a, a mango seed uh, oh. germinating in, a, in my dragon fruits about six inches tall. But uh, oh my gosh, you know, it, I can only keep it in the house so long. So I got to figure something out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens next. Mango. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Okay. So I would say if you're going to spend time and money making a garden, that you, everybody has to have a tomato. It's the must-have plant. <laughs> So heirloom varieties, uh, hands down, taste like a hundred times better than, than store-bought tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there's anybody out there thinking, well, eh, I really don't like tomatoes, it's probably because you're used to the ones we get at the store. <laughs> and, th- <laughs> and those have been grown, you know, to be boxed, transported, shelved. Mm-hmm. Like it, there's absolutely no flavor in those compared to a nice heirloom tomato. Uh, so, so I would say, uh, start with that. And, um, if you want to keep it really easy, then, um, there's one other choice you need to make in selecting the tomato, make sure you get a determinate variety instead of an indeterminate variety, because the indeterminate will require a lot more maintenance and trimming. It just grows forever. Uh, but the determinate's a little more compact and, and manageable. Good to know. Yeah, so you can try that. So, but uh, while, while you're at it, if you're going to plant tomato, also plant basil because it's a nice companion plant um, to the oh. tomato. So, so plant some of that in as well, some herbs uh, with it. Um, okay. Another one that I love is growing kale and I, I'm not a huge kale fan, but adding it into like eggs or pasta or freezing it for smoothies is, is always really nice great vitamin C. Um, but even where I live, it's, it's somewhat ever bearing throughout my grow season because it grows upward like a tree. So I just go pull off a couple lower leaves and, and it still keeps growing at the top. So I have a whole season that two plants just keep giving me, which is um, great for my, my family of six. Oh, that's awesome. I'll have to share with you. I have recently been obsessed with this like vegan kale Caesar salad that I've been making. And it's changed my opinion about kale. So I'm wonderful. Like, yeah. yeah, I'd love to have the recipe. <laughs> so and you can put them in the show notes if you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the, the 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 other thing, have you heard there's a, actually a joke in, in Utah about this. Have you heard the joke about zucchini in Utah? No. <laughs> okay, I'll tell I'll tell it. So uh, I wonder if uh, people can relate. So the, here's, here's the joke. Do you know why we lock our cars at church in the summer? Why? Why? Because if we don't, it'll be full of zucchini when we get out. <laughs> because it's so prolific here. It's just it's one of those where it just takes one plant and you're giving them a few, you know, away. It's just hard to keep up with. So, <laughs> but, uh, to get. <laughs> yeah. but all joking aside, like it's a super versatile, you know, thing you can bake, you can shred, drain, freeze it for later and make zucchini bread. It's, it's one of those great neighborly things. Here's some zucchini bread. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, I would say the last thing, like pick some perennials, like berries, grapes, or any, any perennials, they come back every year. Um, so mm-hmm. you can always count on them and it does require a little trimming, maybe some training, but I, I love perennials so that, uh, you know, it's a little bit less work. I just count on it popping up every spring. Mm, that's fair. Yeah. 
Those are nice where you're just like, oh, they're back in, they're back around, you know, instead of replanting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's super nice. Um, when the weather cooperates, of course. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So have you, one, I'm going to go try it. I feel like kale, zucchini, I'm going to go put next time I buy a basil plant, um, instead of one, now I know to, you know, ease it in, but then two, I'll go plant it next to some tomatoes. Um, so now I have some good tips. Did you, when you started all this, I know you had mentioned like <laughs> weeds were taking over and deciphering what's a good plant. Are there any big mistakes that we should avoid? Yeah. Yeah. I think another mistake <laughs> was um, getting kind of overzealous because the plants start so small, <laughs> but even one like cucumber plant can produce a hundred cucumber, cucumbers. <laughs> like, so unless you're going to make pickles, you got to be ready to do something <laughs> when, uh, when all of those harvests come, you know, at once or, or plan on giving it away. Um, so I, I tend to prop, you know, get more plants and, um, but you know, also, um, because I, my mindset is to, um, mitigate risks, um, <laughs> I we'll get at least two of everything that way in case like one dies or gets eaten by mm. bugs or something, uh, you know, I always have a backup plan. Uh, and if, if I don't, then I just give away, you know, what I don't use, um, but yeah, it, they start out small, but they can, they can make a lot of stuff that super busy to, to manage uh, in the fall. Mm, yeah. So start small, start small. All right. Yeah. I feel like you'd be like the favorite neighbor of the area where they're just like, Oh, you got extras. <laughs> Seriously. I just put like a, a big bowl on my porch and I sent out a neighborhood, you know, um, you know, alert, like, Free cucumbers, come get them. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> a dream. So, and and there's one other, you know, maybe piece of advice for those who um, have others maybe helping weed in the yard that mm -hmm. don't know um, how to differentiate, you know, your good plants from the weeds because um, kids can be a little overly helpful sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so you might want to just designate, this is a good plant. This is, mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause it's always sad when your, your, you know, stuff pops up in the spring and all of a sudden you go out one day and, and it's all gone. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we've learned the hard way. Someone was trying to help and you're like, where it was, that was not a weed. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate the effort. Yeah. yeah so communication is key. <laughs> Fair. In all aspects of life. Yeah. Okay. So I like to always wrap up my podcast in asking, what is one piece of advice you want to leave the audience with? And it does not have to be gardening related because I know you have so much advice outside of that. Well, oh, thank you. Um, Okay, well, remember the story in the beginning about my neighbors, George and Shirley Tripp? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, um, you know, there, come a, they, there came a day when, when we didn't have them around anymore. Um, I mean, their time on this earth had passed, and we, we were left without those friendly smiles and waves and 
amazing treats over the fence. Uh, mm -hmm. but, but what they did leave for us was really their legacy of ministering to others and finding joy in the small things. Mm -hmm. they, they didn't have a fancy car. They didn't have a fancy house. They didn't have perfect health, but they did have joy. And so I would say my lasting piece of advice would be that although most of us are not in a position to solve the world's problems, mm -hmm. um, we can make a positive impact in our own sphere of influence. And so even just paying one act of kindness forward really can change hearts and friendships and, and a community. So, you know, I say, um, go ahead and share that zucchini, <laughs> or some zucchini you know, just like, it's a way it, it it's gardening has just been such a way to, um, be charitable and, and, and open our hearts and be neighborly and, um, you know, on top of other things we do, but, uh, it's, it's been such a joy. And so I would say, you know, just add joy to the world, do what you mm -hmm. can. Yeah. I love that. And you, you're so right. You, sometimes we take for granted, but if you take a step back, like that, that was such a meaningful thing on you. And, then, you know, you were leading and, and I, I, and I'm sure many others were like, wow, that's so cool what Sherry does. I want to try and do that. And now you're on a podcast and you're sharing that with all these other people who are listening. And it's these little, it starts off little in how you lead your life and live your life and share your passions and share that joy and happiness. And you'd be surprised whose who's day you're making and making a huge impact on how they carry themselves for the rest of their lives and with others, which is such a surprising thing, but it can, can start out so little. Oh, just like planting a seed. Yeah. Oh, that was so cute. Great way to end it. <laughs> Not planned, but you're right. It's like planting a seed, you know, and, um, but nourish it. See what grows. Oh, I love that. Thank, Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Sherry. This was so great. Um, oh, I know you have, um a couple of socials do you have a a instagram that people can follow if they want to oh yes absolutely so you can follow me uh it's slrpnr those are initials slrpnr underscore botanicals mm. and so uh and go ahead and check it out and um give me some more inspiration and ask mm. whatever questions you have Will do. I will be putting it in the uh, show details so they can find you as well. Thank you so much for joining and sharing all of your wisdom. It was such a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much for having me on the show. And I'm looking forward to uh, chapter two one day. <laughs> yes, definitely. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to tune in next time for another episode of What the Tech Am I Doing? You can follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you listen to your podcasts and music on. Thanks again.